Gordon Beards, episode number 82. Chase, how you doing, man? How are you doing, Grace? You always ask me first. Let's, let's change a little bit. Let's, even though this is probably the worst time to ask you first. Um, but how you doing? How you doing, Grace? I, I've been better. I don't know if the if the listeners can tell, but I have been a bit sick. I actually miss work today. I I work on the phone, so my voice is how I earn a living, not just with the podcast. Um, and so when you can't talk very well, like I can't, I, it's a little better than it was this morning. This morning, like I could not speak plainly, like I just couldn't speak at all. Um, it's bad. I got a headache. Was running a hundred and one fever today. I've been better. I've been better. Well, I'm sorry. But the Astros are winning, so that's that's good. I feel you. I feel you. I would say I was honestly prepared to to say before this podcast started that I was pretty bummed out. Um, however, the Rangers just actually came back and won after the eighth inning for the first time this season, and it couldn't have come at a better time. So I'm kind of excited now about that. That's good. I, I put on my Rangers stuff just to kind of help some. Some juju going that way, and ah oh man, we'll get into that. But I'm doing well, man. Uh, we won our first adult league baseball game uh, this season on Sunday. Yes, nice. And your boy went three for three with four RBIs of the fall season. Of the yeah. fall season, not the not the season as a whole. The year, yeah. Just wanted to get that out there, and wanted you to let me. <laughs> thank you, back. thank you. Um, yeah, of the fall season. Um, yeah, no, we definitely have – you're right. Fair enough. But, no, yeah, yeah, your boy went three for three with uh, four RBIs. I, I was feeling good at the plate. I'm, I've been pulling everything, though. I mean, there are worse things to do as a right-handed <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so, um, but, no, that was a lot of fun. Had a good weekend. I am super ready for fantasy football draft season, which is upon us. I have, like, four drafts this weekend, and I cannot wait – so, exciting. I have one on the third. That's probably going to be the only one I do outside of our our dynasty one. Uh, probably just stick with the two leagues this year. I feel you. Did you call anybody up on your dynasty yet from our taxi squad? Not yet. They're they're all staying on the taxi squad until the season starts, and we'll we'll go from there. <laughs> Good. Um, but yeah, so episode eighty two. Uh, you know, it's the one and only. Uh, yeah, there's one big, the one. greatest tight end to ever play the game, arguably in some. He's he's up there before the tight end position changed, because it has changed. It's evolved. The tight end that we know now is not the same as the tight end we used to know. But the guy that I'm referring to is the guy that invented the rule to where if your helmet comes off during the middle of a play, <laughs> you are blown. The ball is blown dead immediately because. There's an awesome picture of this guy who I'm talking about is Jason Witten, you know, Captain America, known by some. Uh, but it's awesome when they're playing the Eagles and his helmet gets ripped off and he actually runs all the way down for a touchdown. But no helmet, so it's super sketchy. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, he's a badass. Yep. Bonafide. Hall of Famer, Riga, Ring of Honor, all of it. He's a beast, so... Shh. Should have been a, a career cowboy, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and also should not have gone in the booth. <laughs> that was rough. That was, that was, that was rough. a wild experiment. I, didn't, I, I mean, I like Jason Witten, so I liked kind of seeing him in there, you know? But, like, 
it wasn't for him. Right, and that that booth, like the ESPN booth over the years, because it was ESPN, yeah. wasn't it? It was a Monday yep. night booth. That booth has been kind of a mess throughout ESPN's Monday night football existence um, until now that they have, you know, Joe Buck. Right. Yeah, that's going to that, be ridiculous. Yeah, that like that cleans things up a little bit. But that, that that booth has been a disaster for a lot longer and with a lot more people than just Jason. Lee. I mean, I enjoyed Chris Berman back in the day. If I remember right, he started on Monday Night Football. And he, so I think he did Sunday Night Football he? before they had the rights to Monday Night because it used to be that it was Madden and Al Michaels did the Monday Night game on NBC and then ESPN got the rights to it and NBC got the Sunday Night rights. Got you. Okay. Well, I liked Berman anyways. He was <laughs> he was fun. Yeah, Berman's interesting. He's interesting. He's 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 very interesting. Um, the only other eighty-two that I really that really jumped out at me was Jimmy Smith, who was a longtime Jaguar receiver and a really really good receiver. Not sure. like an all-time great or anything, but he was good. Solid. That's really pretty much it for eighty-twos that I saw. Yeah, um, I just knew Jason Witten, so I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to look. <laughs> Jason Witten's my man. <laughs> Jason Witten is the man. Oh, man, you Too know what? never won a title. I know, right? <sighs> Too many Cowboys are in that boat. Um, good thing DeMarcus Ware went somewhere else. Fine. Anyways, another topic for another day. Um, but something I think I just remembered, I meant to bring it up last week. It was episode 81. Did we even bring up Kobe's 81? We didn't. Dang. We didn't bring it up. I meant to. We should have. I meant to. I guess we just kept talking and I just, it just went away. But anyways, just wanted to make sure. People don't realize how hard it is to like remember to do stuff when you're, when you're recording. Like you get into the flow of the conversation and things start happening. It moves really fast. It does. It really does. <laughs> I'm excited though because... Uh, Jason actually got a laptop for school, and so he doesn't need to use his iPad anymore right now, so I get to use it right now, and so that's what I've been doing my notes on and stuff, so I'm excited that, I'm hoping that'll help me kind of stay more focused on what I'm talking about, (laughs) so I'm not having to forget where I'm going or or anything like that, so. Nice. So as far as Champions 1982. Okay. In baseball, the Cardinals over the American League Brewers. Weird. Very. The Redskins beat the Dolphins for the first of their three titles in the 80s. And you still call them that, even if you're talking about... It was... I mean, that's what they were. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I know. (laughs) The Washington football team. And then the Lakers beat the 76ers. Uh, That was the second Lakers title in three years. Magic Johnson's second title. Dang. And then in college football was the Penn State Nittany Lions. Ooh, that's your team. Winning the title. It's it's one of my teams. I'm high on. Like, if if you weren't a Longhorn fan, like I know you were, I would think you were a Penn State fan. <laughs> you know, I, like I I feel like everybody does this where they have like a team in every conference that they root for. Okay, that's, that's not fine. their team. I feel like everybody kind of does that. Maybe that's just me or like hardcore watch every game college football fans. Like I, I pretty much have a team that I've rooted for or that I pull for in other in other conferences 
obviously if they're playing my team, if they're playing Texas, I'm rooting for Texas every time. But like Georgia was my was the team in the SEC that I always that I always rooted for. Hell yeah. <laughs> just I don't know. I just I liked Georgia when I was growing up. Yeah. And it was fun playing Penn- with Harry Dog on on the mascot game. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then, you know, Penn State was that for the for the Big Ten. Uh Miami's been that was that for the ACC. Or just uh come on. Yeah. Oh I never I never cared too much about Florida State. I I liked Miami. I liked the swagger. You know they've been bad for a long time now. Ricky did you know, Williams. Do you know Miami's never won the ACC? They've been in the league since two thousand four. They've never won an SEC title, uh, ACC title. So when they won the national, did they they won the national they, championship back then? Right. They were in the Big East. Oh, that was before the Big East went bye bye. Right. Yeah. So they and Virginia Tech left the Big East to go to the ACC in 2004, and Miami has not won the ACC since then. Dang. That is pretty wild. I didn't realize it's Yeah. It's been a long time for them. Man, I can't get over the stat you told me last week about Minnesota Gophers, and I just want the Bulldogs (laughs) to be the next team, finally. We'll see. I mean, they have – they're, you know, they're right up there. Got as good a shot as anybody. Yeah. No, it was funny. I actually uh, I met Casa's parents over FaceTime uh, this weekend, and her mom actually works at the University of Minnesota, or did. And so I had to bring up that fact, <laughs> even though she didn't care about college football. But I was like, that was just cool. I just it's kind of funny that you're actually working there. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything else for eighty two at all? I don't. I hope we live to be eighty two, boys. Yeah, with modern medicine, we'll live to be eight eight hundred and twenty. Oh goodness, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to live that long. No, oh, I, I I ran all the way to third on one of my sing. It was technically a single, but I got all the way to third. And thought I was gonna die. I, I can't imagine getting that old. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that sucks about having a fever, man. Like I had a fever Ooh. today. Yeah, and like my whole body was hurting. <laughs> I can yep. barely move. It's like the like there's certain parts of me that are sick, but the rest of you should be fine. But no, <laughs> nope. It, it all gets you nowadays. I'm getting too old, but, man. <laughs> all right. Well, let's. Um, I guess just real quickly, there wasn't a lot of of college football. It's week zero. It's not really you know super exciting. It's it's exciting the fact that there's football on again but outside of that it's really kind of a big nothing yes honestly um so i was actually kind of busy on saturday for a little while and then i was like no i kind of want to watch some of this college football i put it on it was already the fourth quarter of the notre dame game and (laughs) it was like 42 to nothing already and i was like okay i'm not gonna watch this Yeah, it, it wasn't close. I mean, like, I didn't st- – normally college football Saturdays, like, I stop what I'm doing. I turn all of my TVs on. I right. put games on all of them, and I'm not doing anything else other than watching the games. Uh, for week zero, I'll put a couple of games on, but I'm using one of the other screens to play video games. Right. And so I'm kind of watching but not watching. And then the other game that we wanted to watch, couldn't watch because it was on Pac-12 Network, and I'm not paying an extra 20 bucks a month to get that as part of my package. Right. So it's a good thing. The PAC 12, like if you want a reason as to why the PAC 12 is about to die, it's because you can't watch the freaking games. 
when they put them on the Pac-12 network. Yeah, I didn't even uh, – I was wondering because I was like, I thought I was going to be able to watch that one. Yeah, but there's no. very few that carry Pac-12 network. That's crazy. And you can't, you can't like, get a subscription to Pac-12 network outside of a carrier. Like, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. Well, damn. Like, I have with – like, I have Fubo. With Fubo, I get the ACC network. I get the SEC network. I get the Big Ten network. Uh, the Big 12 doesn't have a network, but if they had a network, I'd probably get that one too. I've got the Longhorn network. I do not have the Pac-12 network. It's right. on a special package that I have to spend 20 bucks to get. Yeah, that's dumb. And it's the only channel in that package that I care about. And I Man, don't care that much. What is? I know we've we've talked about this before, and it's probably a bigger conversation for another time, but why is the sports watching experience so difficult nowadays? Like, somehow, in some way... The NFL was able to get Fox and CBS to air their games on on Sundays, which is awesome. And NBC. Well, it's easier for them because one, there's not as many games as there is with college football. True. Two, there's only one entity that is the that is negotiating it. these things. It's the NFL. Each team doesn't have their own rights that they have to negotiate, like baseball. Baseball, you can't put every MLB game on Fox or CBS or. ABC, you just can't, you can't do it. I mean, that's true. So each individual team has their own rights that they have to negotiate individually. And then there's the, you know, the, the nationally televised games that they do collectively with MLB, you know, basketball runs into the same problem. Now basketball has it a little better because they get the two games a week. Um, if not more nationally televised, that are nationally televised or two nights a week, two, two nights a week, I should say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where it, where it's nationally or three, actually, I think, because they do a Sunday, a Tuesday, and a Thursday, right? I think you're right. Yeah, or a Saturday. I don't know. And then if you have uh, NBA TV, they also do like a Wednesday night on there or something. And yeah, so like the NBA no, does just, a good job with it. College like football is just hard because there's so many games. There are so many games every week. But I feel like it's not just college football right now. Like I have to go through hoops to be able to watch the Rangers. Like I don't. Yeah. I. I have my own subscription to YouTube TV, which used to have it, and then all the crazy stuff. And so I have to go through hoops just to watch my local teams. Unfor- or fortunately, Red Zone is still on there, and NFL games are accessible. So yeah, uh, it's just a, a headache. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Um, for all from everything I saw doesn't look like USC's defense is going to be any better than it was last year. True. Kind of kind of worried about that. Yeah, giving up 28 points to San Jose State is not necessarily but, ideal. But again, I didn't get to watch the game, so I can't say that with seeing it with my own eyes. So I'll, I'll hold judgment until I can actually watch the team play. I, I will like say judgments based on what other people say or what the stats say or even watching highlights. I, I like to be able to watch it with my own eyes and get my own opinions on it. So I'll hold judgment, but doesn't look that things are going great. I agree. Um, I will say that Caleb Williams, um, as a guy that is front runner to win the Heisman, when you're going up against a team like that, you probably should have a little bit of a better stat game. Like you said, I didn't get to watch it either. This is going off of the stats and the highlights that I saw. He did have a badass play where the snap was fumbled or something, and he picked it up and was able to throw a bomb, and and they score on that one. And that kind of was the turning point of the game where they actually finally – Started clicking, but yeah, it looks like their defense is, is going to be a, a problem. I, I did see that it, 
like again didn't watch the game this is this is from somebody else that i saw talking about the game that usc's offensive line didn't look very good and that they kind of got pushed around by san jose state that's a worrying thing Mm -hmm. could just be a first week thing never know but the after watching them get pushed around by utah twice last year this is why i didn't pick them to win because i don't think that team's tough enough but we'll see just it's just week zero no man i'm overreacting (laughs) <laughs> I want to take back everything I said last week about USC. No, I'm just kidding. I still have right. them to win it. But yeah, it's too early for all that kind of overreactions. I, I'm not. I'm not. A, I didn't update my my top twenty-five because nothing's going to change there. I didn't update it, Chase. Coming back next week. Yeah. All right. Let's let's get to some baseball. I think first up, let's get the let's get the sad part out of the way first. Yeah. Um, the Rangers bullpen. I'm just kidding. Oh my god! <laughs> Can't do that. I mean, that is the honestly that was the first thing that popped in my head, and then I was like, oh wait, he's talking about Shohei. <laughs> I, I'm actually not even talking about Shohei because there's there's kind of two sad news. Oh dang! But okay. Steven Strasburg. Oh yeah, that one. Too. Do you, this this kind of happened early last. I had like, it written down as well. The day bef- the day after we recorded, I think is when he when it was announced. Mm-hmm. That I think so, something like that. S- Steven Strasburg is officially retiring. Um, I was about to say from the NFL. He didn't play in the NFL. <laughs> retiring from Major Fever. League Baseball with, um, you know, for medical reasons. Just man, that guy was so much fun to watch when he was when he was young and healthy. Oh and yeah, so he's going out this way. I mean, this happens every time that somebody that has had a stellar moment or stellar a career for a little while, um, whenever they leave the game or something happens, a lot of stuff starts floating around again. And just watching the video of his first uh, start for the Nationals, was it was electric. And it was just yeah. so exciting. And he was a lot of fun to watch in baseball. One of the best pitchers, super dominant. Other than the lack of, or because of the injuries. I mean. Yeah. Like, I was trying to think of, like, my favorite Steven Strasburg moment. And, and honestly, it was his debut. Like, it was so, he was so hyped. Like, I don't know if younger people, like, if you're, if you're 20, 24, I don't know if you realize the hype that was around this guy when he was, when he got drafted and then a year later when he's when he made his debut like the absolute hype machine that was around this guy was insane mm-hmm. and then he comes out makes his first big league start and it's like appointment viewing like everybody stops what they're doing to go watch this guy cuz it's just, you hadn't seen it yet and he's so hyped up and then he goes out there and he throws 7 innings 14 Ks and that's a pretty decent 2010 was a decent Pirates team, I want to say. I mean, good offenses back then, regardless. Like, McCutcheon would have been on that team, I think. But he goes seven innings, 14 Ks, just absolutely, like you said, electric. Mm -hmm. Absolutely electric. It was. It was fun. The crowd even was into it. Like, it was so much fun. Like, watching Steven Strasburg, when he's at his best – is like watching Pedro Martinez, Roger Clemens. These these guys that like I was just trying to think of like dominant 
big time right-handed pitchers that came before him. Right. Um, he he had a different style to like a Verlander. It was more like a like a Pedro. Agreed. In the, like he could hit the big numbers. He could he could throw it hard, but he really relied on the off-speed stuff like Pedro did. And Pedro had a really good fastball too, but for Pedro it was the changeup mm-hmm. and it was the slider. And you know, it's just sad. It's very sad. Like he was 30 years old in 2019, basically the last time that he pitched. Like he's thrown like 30 innings since. He then. did get to win the World Series. He did. That's a good thing. So that's awesome. And he made a lot of money. <laughs> he's still making money. Exactly. So he's getting his entire contracts being paid by yeah, the Nationals because they couldn't they insure it. Exactly. Yeah. So um, he made out big in that regard. It is sad because he was so dominant and so good for so long that you you wish he could have stayed healthy and seen what he really could have done as a full career but mm-hmm. that's that's sports you gotta you gotta take yeah. care of your body just as much as uh as anything else and he was potentially on his way to a to a hall of fame career yeah he had a ways to go but he could have gotten there our generation will never forget him no he, I think he's always going to be a what if, though. Oh, definitely. What if he, had, what if he didn't have the injuries? Yeah, because he got one with the injuries and everything. I mean, it took them getting rid of Bryce Harper finally to to, to do it. But <laughs> well, it helps that they were able to bring in bring up Juan Soto right away. True. To replace Harper, so they didn't really lose much there. But I just wanted to talk a little bit about about Steven Strasburg because he was such a big part of like our early adulthood baseball fandom True. like he came up in 2010 that's the year i graduated high school mm-hmm. yep he was exciting man he was fun enjoy retirement steven Strasburg. beard of the week candidate you remember that his his uh coach in college was tony gwynn right i did not know that actually dang yep. that's pretty cool he, he he played for tony gwynn no wonder i mean tony gwynn was like don't throw it here because I will definitely hit it. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, you did mention the other thing, the other sad news, uh, that Shohei got pulled from a start, tore like a UCL. I think it was a minor tear of the UCL. I don't know what you would classify as a minor tear of such a important – like that's something that's probably going to require Sami John, right? Yeah, usually uh, it is. Um, they're even talking about with uh, the fact that he's going to be a free agent. Like, how does that change that? It's not going to change it too much because he's still going to get a good five or six years in his deal or left in his prime. But he probably won't be able to pitch again until like 20, late 2024, 2025. 2025. I, you're, you're not spending that much money on a guy and then bringing him rushing him back to get True. to get back on the mound at the end of next year. Plus you don't like in order for him to pitch next year, he would probably have to take time off to recover or to do like rehab assignment pitching wise to be able to get back on the mound mid season next year. Like that's just not going to happen. It'd be 25 before he pitches again. Um, I, what I was wondering is that it, like, if you're, if you're Otani, like this, this season's done, like shut it down. Just shut it down. Have the surgery now, and you know, start the start I'm kind the, of with the you. recovery process. I'm I don't understand of, why he's playing still. I'm kind of with you, but he's got one month left. There's only a month left in the season, just about. And if it's not affecting him at all to hit, 
He is one of the better hitters in the lineup. You're not just going to – I like that he's not just quitting on the team. I mean, it's not necessarily quitting on it's the like, team when it's something that you need. I get yeah. that. But I respect that he's he wants to go out there and keep playing, keep finish this thing out. I mean, I respect it. I do kind of see where you're coming from. It might not be the smartest decision, but hey. It seems reckless to me. It just seems reckless. I mean, what if he like, doesn't want to lose him. his rhythm hitting? What if right. he wants to stay in rhythm hitting? I mean, there's there's got to be some kind of reason that he's still still playing. I don't know. I mean, he went like he DH'd. They had a doubleheader. He got hurt in the first game of the doubleheader. He kind of came out of that game, but then the second game he was back in the lineup at DH again. With the torn UCL just he just did that like hour, a couple hours ago. They were probably I mean, like, "Well, Bryce Harper but... played." <laughs> He kept hitting. <laughs> so, oh, like it's, it's very impressive, but I just don't understand why he wouldn't just shut it down. I kind of like feel he's, you. He's not He's not gaining anything by playing the rest of this month. They have no shot at making the postseason. They don't, and especially with they tried to even bring Trout back, and then they were like, oh, never mind, put him right back on the I.L. So, like, you're probably right, but it is sad. That's all sad news. Okay, let's change, let's turn it around. Let's do happy news. All right. So I've got one happy thing that was pretty or, or is pretty cool. Um, so we've talked bad about him quite a f- few times. I did already talk some good about him um, in recent episodes, but Trey Turner um, on Tuesday, he had a walk off uh, single. But since he got a standing ovation after he was struggling for quite a while, he got a standing ovation from the crowd trying to like support him and everything. Since then, it's been 17 games. He's batting 353. He has six doubles, four home runs, 14 RBIs, and a 1.007 OPS. And so he has just been on fire since they did that, which is kind of cool. I mean, he was getting a lot of a lot of hate for how his season started. He did not start well, especially with how much they paid him. Um, they're coming back from being in the world series last year and they're trying to to go back again and they're in a really tough division and so they really were relying on him and so he's finally turning it around and it kind of reminds me a little bit of like Simeon last year like it's tough when you're in a new place when you're making a lot of money and there's a lot of pressure but then eventually you kind of start getting your game back and and I feel like that's what's happening to Trey Turner right now and he's just been cruising man yeah he's been really good lately and and the Phillies needed him to be that and you know they're in a good place now with the with the wild card race. Like they're three and a half games up on the second wild card. Like they would have to have a collapse at this point to miss the postseason. So they're in a much better position than they were this time last year, for sure. Yeah, got to watch out for the Phillies. They uh, once they get into the postseason, that lineup ain't nothing to mess with. No, it's not. Um, two lineups that you can mess with. So you know how the Yankees and the Cardinals both under 500 right now. Correct. How many times in the last mm, 105 years do you think that the Yankees and the Cardinals have both been under 500 in the same season? How many times? How many seasons? I'm going to say probably zero. It's not zero. Okay, not that not that drastic. Five. It hasn't happened in our lifetime. Okay. The answer is two, by the way. Not surprised. <laughs> the last time that the Cardinals and the Yankees, and the Yankees could still have a winning record, technically, or a non-losing record, 
because I just looked at losing records. Right. The last time that they both had a losing record was 1990. Jeez. And the last time before that was 1965. Wait, so 1990, the season would have been over at the end of September. I was alive. Barely. <laughs> Barely. I, I was born right at the end of that season. <laughs> okay. So I, I was not alive. It's not in my lifetime. I was not even a thought. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, before that, it was 1965. And then before that, it was 1918. Okay, I wasn't alive in either of those. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, Damn, my dude. dad wasn't even alive for the for the second one. That is insane, man. And they and both teams have stars. Like it's not like they're not missing talent. I mean, Cardinals have just had a problem with their pitching this year, and then they decided to give it away when they were out of the race, basically. So yeah. I think that there there was a there was a point that that I heard the other day that I was like, oh, they, that that actually makes a lot of sense with the Cardinals, in that they pretty much built their pitching staff around ground ball pitchers, and then this season the shift was taken away. Oh yeah, and so their infielders are having to cover a lot more ground when the ball gets hit on the ground, which is all the time when you have ground ball pitchers. That kind so of that makes be sense. A, that could be part of a big part of the problem there that definitely makes sense well sucks to suck <laughs> yeah uh, someone you know who's not affected by the shift strikeout pitchers strikeout pitchers oh. are not affected by the shift spencer strider you mean <laughs> he is not affected by the shift nope um but somebody who uh is actually playing well on, on one of those teams aaron judge is still a monster uh, he had a three home run day uh, on was it Wednesday or Tuesday last week? He's trying. Yeah, he's he's trying to drag this. He's trying to put the team on his back and, and make something happen. He's trying his hardest, but he uh, he had six RBIs in that game, which is the most by a Yankee since him uh, last year in uh, July twenty ninth of twenty twenty two. So. He's being Aaron Judge. If he, if the Yankees have any hope, he needs to continue what he's doing. But they have no hope. They're, they're think, done. I don't it's think over. so either. But Judge is still playing uh, at a high level. So you know, it was funny though. That was six RBIs for Judge, and like I said, the most for a Yankee since last year. That same night, Ellie De La Cruz had six RBIs to, to have his career high in RBIs. That's exciting. That's a that's a fun fun team to watch. And then he had like a 99.7 mile an hour cutoff throw to home to, to throw mm-hmm. out Corbin Carroll on a possible inside the Parker. And which Corbin Carroll's got some wheels. He does. But no, but I, I don't want to say out of gas, but he definitely looked like it wasn't a hundred percent by the time he was getting to home. Plate. Well, yeah. I mean, going home to home, like that's hard. That's exhausting. Hard. Yes. Especially when it's a dead sprint. That's, that's a lot. Yep. All right, so I think we've danced around it long enough. Let's uh, let's get to our division. Wild Wild West. It's the it wild, is wild Wild West. It, it certainly is wild right now. Yes, it is. Oh, so, Altuve, hit, Altuve hit for the cycle tonight. Oh, dang. I didn't even realize I was watching most of the game. We're going to have to go see who's the oldest player to hit for the cycle because he's getting up there. He's not as old as you think he is. 
like 33. Okay, maybe he's exactly the age that you think he is. <laughs> <laughs> you were thinking 35 until I said that, and you're like, let me take a couple of years off, weren't you? Maybe a little bit. I was thinking he was older than me because I'm about to be 33. So I was like, I, I thought he was a little older than me. But we're about the same height. That's for sure. You're I taller than he is. Yeah, I probably <laughs> am a little taller. You're, you're, you're like, you're at least 5'8". He's I'm like, 5'8", yeah. He's a legit, like, 6'5", 6'6". 6'6"? Oh, sorry. 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, five, <laughs> he plays like he's 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> Fair. Yes, he does. Uh, what? Did I disagree with that? Ugh. Gross. Yeah, so, you can't disagree with facts. Um, For the first... Or not for the first time. Uh, for, yeah, for the first time since 2003, this is the latest in the season that the Seattle Mariners have been in first place in the AL West. Yep. And a lot of that is coming behind from behind one of the most electric stars in the game right now, and Julio Rodriguez. He accomplished a feat this uh, past week. Um, I know we talked about him last week because he accomplished feats that week. Um, so he's been a huge part of why Seattle is on a strong streak right now and or i don't think they're on a streak right now anymore but yeah they, on a they really good run yeah they're on a really good run um but he's the fastest mariner to 50 career home runs at 256 games do you know who he beat to become that okay i'm sorry i, I apologize i was looking up the altuve thing like <laughs> setting, up, setting up the cure the query what was the question again um Julio Rodriguez is the fastest Mariner to 50 career home runs with 256 games. Who did he? Oh, I think it was, I think it was a rod, wasn't it? It was a rod with 269 games to get there. The crazier part about it is with his 35 steals this year, plus his 25 steals last year, he, he joins Acuna as the only two players in the MLB to ever have a 50-50 start in two seasons. I did see this one. Um, I don't remember the names, but I did, <laughs> I did see this. Fair. I think one of them was Joe DiMaggio. Are you trying oh. to wait for me to guess the other names? Oh, like I, oh. I think one of them was Joe DiMaggio, but I don't remember the other. Oh, no, no, no. Him and Acuna are the only two players now to have 50-50 in their first two seasons. Oh, I, you know what? I had a different stat in mind. I'm sorry. You're good. Fever. It's the fever. And I was also and trying to look up the Jose. Al- yeah. I was trying to look up the Jose Altuve thing. Um, he's not even the oldest player with the cycle this season. Oh, dang. Actually, I did this query wrong. Hold on. <laughs> I did hits instead of single. Good Lord. I am messing up all over the place here. You're good. Because Adam Duvall had one earlier this season where he didn't have a single, but he had all the others. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's happened 29 times that a player older than than uh, Altuve. Dang. The oldest, the oldest was Dave Winfield in June of 1991 at the age of 39 years and 264 days. Damn. With the Angels. I was about to say, that that's a name right there. Like, I remember having, like, his baseball card some shit, but... <laughs> right. Oh, man. That's... Yeah, he's, he's the oldest. Okay, so I was definitely way off. I mean, I just... You don't imagine an, an older guy being able to leg out a triple. The the last the last guy older than him was uh, Eduardo Escobar last year in June. Also for the Angels? Mets. Mets. Okay. Yeah. It's the first time I've done a uh, 
on the fly stats look up while we were on the podcast. I, I've done it, but not on stat head. I just I Google shit sometimes. Just <laughs> right. <laughs> Speaking of Acuna, um, on Thursday, so it's changed by now. But on Thursday, if you looked at his home and away splits, they were the exact same. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> he was batting 333, 14 home runs, 29 of 34 for stolen bases, with 37 RBIs at home and on the road, which is insane. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive consistency. Right? <laughs> oh, that's wild. So, one thing I wondered that I had been meaning to look up is how many guys this season were going to be were on pace for thirty thirties. Okay, thirty homers, thirty stolen bases. Because Kyle Tucker got his twenty sixth steal today. He's at twenty six steals, twenty six homers. Bro, every time and, I see a Astros highlight, it's Kyle Tucker. Yeah, he's he's good, man. He's good. Um, there are three guys currently with twenty five steals or more and twenty five homers or more. Uh, Cunha is obviously one. Right. Kyle Tucker's one of the others. Okay. Any guesses on who the third guy might be? Because I wouldn't have gotten this. 25 home runs and 25 stolen bases? At least. Hmm. Younger guy. Younger guy? I wanted to say Bo Bichette. No. I didn't think he's no. – he doesn't have the power. I don't think he has the home runs. I think he has the stolen bases. Probably. Ced- Cedric Mullins. No, not a bad guess, but but No. It's uh Bobby. It's Bobby Witt Jr. Oh dang! You know he's got thirty-eight steals and twenty-six home runs right now. Jeez. Yeah. No. He's he's a beast, dude. He's the only good thing about the Kansas City Royals right now. <laughs> but it's a damn good thing. <laughs> yeah, he's fun. Yeah, he's definitely fun. He's he's one of those electric guys, and he's from Colleyville. So. No, oh, didn't know that. Yep, he went to Colleyville. Uh, we still haven't really talked about the AL West, but. Mariners are a game up starting the night. Astros and Rangers both won tonight. Mariners yep. are currently beating the the A's. It's 4 nothing, and they're still batting in the bottom of the third with two runners on. So they're going to win that game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's still going to be a game ahead for the for the Mariners who have just come out of nowhere. They've they're like 26 and 4 in their last 30. <laughs> it's funny that's literally what I wrote down. Mariners coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Like here we are the the whole season thinking, okay, can the Astros catch the Rangers? Is this going to be a race that's going to go down to the wire between those two? And the Mariners just kind of come up behind from both of them and just like run past them. Yep. And you know, we'll see if this is just I mean, obviously the Mariners are not going to continue to win 26 out of 30 games for the rest right. of the season. Right. That's not that's not going to happen. Nobody does that, you know, Besides consecutively. The Braves. Even the Braves. Like the Braves say, are on yeah. the Braves are on pace for 105 wins. That's that's about average for the best record in baseball for the last like 7 years. True. You know, like the Astros won 106 last year and the Dodgers won 111. So you had to get like, that out there, didn't you? I also mentioned the Dodgers have 111 and I hate the Dodgers. Dude, so we'll have to get into them here in a second, but no, uh, it's funny. One of my favorite things I saw about the AL West so far, um, I've been joking about it being the wild, wild West. I mean, everybody has. I'm, I'm, I'm not alone in that. But one of my favorite memes so far from it was the SpongeBob meme with Sandy running from behind with the, the lasso, and it has the Astros and the Rangers on 
<laughs> Patrick and yeah. SpongeBob, and and she just takes both of them out. Yeah, that uh, that's happened. That has happened now, and it's a it's a legit three man race. I actually do think Seattle's legit. Um, I I don't know. I know last year. I don't remember how much I was this year before the season. I was pretty high on Seattle last year, and they did pretty well. And then I think I was pretty high on Seattle again this year. Um, they they yeah, have a I mean, young core. We act like last year came out of nowhere for the Mariners. It really didn't. They won like ninety games in twenty twenty one. Yeah, they they were like them and the Blue Jays in twenty twenty one both won like ninety games and missed the playoffs just because the the AL can be a bloodbath sometimes. Right. So like they didn't come out of nowhere. This is a team that's won ninety games back to back years going into this year. They're young, they're hungry, and they have some of the best pitching in all of baseball. Yep. And that's what that's what wins consistently. Having a great lineup is awesome. Having the pitching to win, having the pitching is way more consistent than having the hitting. Yeah. Uh, what's his, uh, Castillo? Is that the Luis Castillo? Yeah, that they traded for. Um... I mean, they've been beefing it up, so it's not necessarily surprising that they're they're able to take it. But it is sad for us. I mean, George Kirby's really good. Logan Gilbert's really good. Eugenio Suarez. Yeah, you were talking pitchers, but I was. But he is he is pretty good. He's solid at the base. I like him. Um, But dude, as exciting as it is for Seattle, I mean, I'm I'm sad as a Ranger fan. They've had a rough a rough skid. They can't figure out their bullpen. They, I mentioned it earlier already. They finally had their first eighth inning or later come from behind win tonight um, and beaten. Uh, I was going to say the Twins, but they were they didn't have the Twins tonight. I don't Mets. remember now. Mets. There we go. Yes. Um, but honestly, they're playing way better than we expected to begin with uh, in the season. So I feel like it's okay. I think they're still going to make the playoffs. And I think if they can figure out this bullpen situation, which they had LeClerc close tonight, and he was able to get it done finally. Um, if they can actually solidify the end of the bullpen, then I think they're going to be okay in the playoffs. But, man, it's been a rough uh, – They're they've won two of their last 11. And that is yeah. rough. Like, honestly, right now, if I had to put money on one of the three AL West teams to miss the playoffs, it would be the Rangers. Unfortunately, I couldn't argue with you right now because the bullpen has been tough. Uh, one of our biggest strong points was jo- Jonah Heim was playing his ass off, and he hasn't been able to hit the same since he came back from his injury. He's still playing well and still hitting decent, but it's not quite the same. Um, Josh Young being out has really hurt us because he was – possibly running for rookie of the year in the American league. Um, so it's been, it's been tough. Hopefully we get Eovaldi back at that point. I'm not sure who we would end up moving back to the bullpen, but maybe that person can help solidify the bullpen a little bit. So I, I can see it. I can see bright things in the future for it, but I I'm with you. If there was one of the three that ended up not making it, I would not be surprised right now if it was us just because of the way we have been playing lately. But there's still quite a bit of season left, so that can still got a month. Still got a month to go. Like thirty-three-ish games left. Right. Thirty, thirty-two-ish games. Still got a ways to go. It's, it's going to be interesting down the stretch. I feel like the Rangers have the the hardest schedule remaining. Well, the Rangers and Mariners play each other seven of their last ten games. That's true. And you know, us Astros fans, like we kind of have that that ten game stretch at the end of the season circled. 
But like if we, you know, if we're within a couple of games headed into the last 10 days of the season, the Astros have a real good shot at winning the division just yeah. because those two teams are playing each other the whole time. Right. One of them is going to have to win the majority of those games at that point if they yeah. want to end up winning it. You're right. <sighs> it's getting down to the nitty gritty. It definitely is. This is the fun part, though. I mean, this is what we wanted. This is what I've told you I've wanted. So I can't be upset that we're a game back <laughs> right now because this is what I wanted. I wanted us to be competitive and to at least keep up with Houston. And then now, obviously, Seattle's in the picture, too, which makes it, in my opinion, even more fun. I think it's fun. It's stressful. Definitely stressful. That is definitely true. Like you said, you would be pulling your hair out if you were a Rangers fan watching last night, and <laughs> I totally feel you. We, Bro, we blew four saves in like two games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you do that? Yeah, because the night we recorded last week, I as I'm editing, I had the Rangers game on, and they were playing the Diamondbacks, and they went to extras, and they blew, uh, Chapman gave up a home run in the ninth inning that tied it. And then the Rangers scored two more, and then the Diamondbacks scored three yep. to win the game. Yep. And that's basically what happened last night. Well, last night. night was even worse because he walked three straight batters to walk in the winning run. That's just right. that's just absolutely horrendous. Why that's in the rough. world is he still out there at that point? Like, you you can't. I don't know. You can't. Oh, that was rough. I mean, it's been rough regardless. But with how yeah. much fun we've had this season and having, what was it, six starters in the All-Star, five starters in the All-Star game, like, we've had our fun this season, and, and baseball has its ups and downs. It's got a real good way of humbling you. And right now it's humbling the Texas Rangers, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so before we recorded, I was telling you about the the bizarre Boston bullpen management yes, with, speaking Kyle, of with Kyle Bearclaw. <laughs> somebody being left out there when they shouldn't be. Like he was like the for anybody listening, uh, I've already t- told Chase this, but before before we recorded, we were, I was watching the Astros game, and the Red Sox had just taken the lead four three going into the sixth inning, and Kyle Bearclaw's on the mound for the Red Sox, and that inning he gave he he like walked slash hit four of the first five batters that he faced and gave up a home run in there and a triple in there somewhere. And they just left him out there. Like, nobody ever even got up to warm up in the bullpen. It was almost like a, well, this is your game to finish. Yeah. If we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. Balls yeah, he in ended your up, hand. He ended up uh, throwing 90, 94 pitches in four and a third innings. He gave up 11 hits, 10 runs, five walks, and two hit batters. Damn. I mean, there's like there's taking one for the team. And there's what Kyle Bearclaw did today. Or Bearclaw. It just reminds me just like Bearclaw from New Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Bearclaw. Poor Bearclaw. (laughs) Oh, man. I wasn't wasn't going to mention it on the podcast, but Jeff Blum, the Astros color commentator, made a a comment (laughs) (laughs) when that inning, the sixth inning was going on, that... Bear Claw was getting glazed. Oh, no. <laughs> and they kept uh, him in. Donut humor. They kept him in. <laughs> yeah, donut. Uh, they kept him in, and he didn't even get to go change. No. <laughs> Just on to the next one. 
<laughs> oh man, uh, I have one more sad thing that has happened uh, in baseball this week. Just sad because this team's been on fire. They've been a lot of fun. Um, Felix Bautista hits the IL. They are fearing UCL problems. Yeah, <clears throat> and he's that been sucks. he's been one of the best closers in baseball this year. He's on a team that has been electric and fun and, and exciting to watch, um, leading the division. And they rely on that bullpen, too. Him and um, and Cano at the back end of that bullpen, like, they're a big part of the reason that that team is in first place to begin with. I agree. Felix Bautista has been almost unhittable. Yep. Unless, He's you're, been... Kyle, unless you're Kyle Tucker. Yeah. Uh, well, one game. <laughs> That my, one game was half of the runs he gave up all season. <laughs> that's actually true. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, man. But, no, that sucks. Um, hopefully it's nothing too serious and he's able to maybe make it back for the postseason. But Yeah, anytime you, anytime you see UCL, scary. whether it's a tear, strain, whatever, the first place your mind goes is Tommy John. Yeah. And hopefully that's, hopefully that's not what it is. I mean, the guy, the guy had a forty-six percent strikeout rate this year. Like, he literally struck out almost half the guys he faced. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> like it's insane how good he has been this year. Yeah. Now, one fun thing that did actually happen: we had another inside the Parker. I didn't see this one. Bryce Harper. That's not who you'd expect. I know, right? And after he slid into home, he stood up and. And pose and everything, and he's got a big old bushy beard right now, so he is actually my beard of the week candidate for that. And it was just exciting, and I mean, he, he's trying to prove that he's still one of those exciting. I've been using the word electric a lot this episode, I guess, but one of those still exciting electric players in the league because he is. He's just getting a little bit older, and honestly, it's kind of helped him uh, become more mature in the game and. It is kind of crazy to hear that he had had a inside the Parker this week. So, yeah, that's not who you'd expect with an inside the Parker. Not with the guys that we have in the league right now. <laughs> no, wild. Um, yeah, I mean that's basically all I've got this week. If you okay. have anything else, well, I will say uh, I do not have any more baseball stuff either. But the Braves are still Bravesing. I still think they're the team to beat in baseball. So we'll see what happens uh, down the stretch because we've seen teams like that before, like the Dodgers, great regular season, seems like the best team in baseball, and then don't end up finishing it. So, um, But they are actually in the, in the picture again. They have gotten the biggest, almost the biggest lead uh, in a division in baseball right now, the Dodgers. Um, I think the Braves still have a, a bigger lead. I'm not sure. But – that's one thing that's crazy to me. These Dodgers, I was not expecting to be this good. I wasn't expecting the Padres to be that bad either, but right. that, that kind of helps. Um, but the Dodgers, man, year in and year out, they're just there. They're always there. Like they're I'd a machine. Be, I, I'd love to see if there's ever been a season where the Cardinals, Yankees, and Dodgers were all under 500. I don't think that's probably ever happened. Well, I mean, it's, it's so rare with the – 
the Yankees and the Cardinals that you add in the Dodgers, I'm, I'm sure it it gets a little more rare. Well, like even if you did like just Dodgers and Cardinals and then Dodgers and Yankees, like, yeah, no, that's just crazy. So the, it, the Dodgers just – Freddie Freeman's playing his ass off. He had like four hits in a game the other night. Mookie Betts is, has his career high in home runs this season. It's just so fun right now. Baseball's a lot of fun. It's going to be a, a great last month of the season. I'm excited. And we got football coming up, so, like, I'm stoked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my uh, – Thursday, Utah and Florida, that game's going to be fun. We got LSU and Florida State next week. Mm-hmm. Next Sunday, I think it is. And then the rest uh, of it is kind of just garbage game. I don't know if I'd classify them all as garbage games. Well, no, but you know what I mean. They're not as quite as high profile. Fair. We got the I battle know. of the Miamis. We got Miami of Ohio playing Miami. <laughs> Dang, I didn't know they actually did that. That's pretty sweet. I want to know. Does the other one to... have to put OH or like FL <laughs> next to their name? Like, and then the other one I think they it? should. That w- I think they should. That would be awesome. <laughs> if Miami of Ohio beats University of Miami, Miami should be then known as Miami, Florida. Until and the other they one's beat, just Miami. Yeah. Just Miami until they beat them. <laughs> I'll get on the phone. <laughs> uh, Colorado, Colorado TCU ought to be interesting just for the Dion effect. Ooh, that's true. That's very true. Because, I mean, um, with the Dion effect and the way he was able to recruit players and stuff, that Colorado team might be better than a lot of people think. Um, I'm going to be interested in Utah State and Iowa, but that's that's me. That's um, because you're a degenerate. <laughs> <laughs> I am. But but I, I do have reasoning. I do have reasoning. Okay. okay. You want to hear my reasoning? So I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> I do want to hear it. <laughs> so... So Kirk Ferentz is the is the head coach at Iowa, right? Okay. His son Brian Ferentz is the offensive coordinator, and so he's the one that they were all, that they were trying to get fired. That people were trying to get fired all last season because of how bad Iowa's offense has been. Well, they rewrote his con- rewrote his contract to where if he doesn't average twenty five points per game this season, the offense does or the team. If they don't average twenty five points per game, he his contract is voided, like he's fired. If they don't get 25 points per game. And so, and so like they somehow they're favored by 25 against Utah state and, and it's a a over under of 45. So Vegas thinks that Iowa is going to score 35 points. Now Iowa did get the, the, the other quarterback from Michigan. Um, Cade McNamara is going to be the starting quarterback this year. So they do have a quarterback that's like, is it's like decent. a division one quarterback, right. not the guy that they've that they've had. I think Stephen Petrus was his name. Uh, so I'm going to be interested in that one just just for the the novelty of Iowa. <laughs> That's fair. And again, like you said, I am a degenerate, so I'm going to watch <laughs> Iowa anyway because I love watching just awful football sometimes. <laughs> Shout out to the Hawkeyes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Saturday's Saturday's slate of games. Not a great slate. West Virginia, Penn State could be interesting. North Carolina, South Carolina. That'll be fun. North yeah. Carolina, South Carolina will be fun. Yeah, whoever wins gets to be the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> uh, but that's that's about it. That's about it. I guess North, uh, Clemson, Duke. Duke should be pretty good this year. They've got uh, they've got their quarterback coming back who had a really good season last year, Riley Leonard. 
a lot of people like him. So that that should be a fun game. There's a couple. There's a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Fill those Bovada accounts. (laughs) I do have one shout out that's not football or uh, baseball related. Um, I know you probably didn't see this. You might have, though. But they had the Tournament of Champions in golf this weekend. It's the FedEx Cup. So they actually have like a a weird handicap system because it's the standings for the full year. And whoever's in first starts off with like they're below par already more than most. So, um, but Victor Hovland, I don't know if you've heard of him. Nope. Nope. Okay. Um, he is, uh, 25 years old. He went to Oklahoma state. The first time I actually saw him on tour, he was wearing his Oklahoma state gear cause he was still an amateur and representing Oklahoma state. He is a beast. He actually ends up winning the FedEx cup this weekend which is an $18 million purse. That is insane. He just won $18 million for four rounds of golf. Um, but he actually just won last weekend, too, the BMW Championship, which was $3.6 million. So in two weeks, he's won back-to-back tournaments at 25, which is ridiculous. Um, and that's a total of $21.6 million in two weeks. It's a good haul. Yeah, it's insane. With the, with the FedEx Cup win, he became the fifth international player to ever win the FedEx Cup. and he became Where's the, he from? Is he from Norway or something? Norway. You're correct. You know, you, sounded like a Norwegian name. Yeah, you know the names. You're, you're good with that kind of stuff. But And then uh, he became the, I, I think it was either the third or fourth youngest, I think it was the fourth youngest golfer to win the FedEx Cup. So, okay. That's cool. It's, it's pretty insane. He's on fire right now. He's literally the hottest golfer on the planet right now he finished it off with two birdies when he already had a five-stroke lead on eight on 17 and 18 and just ridiculous nice he's clean shaven as fuck though or else he'd be (laughs) (laughs) gotta do better i know (laughs) norwegian you're supposed to be viking like get get a beard (laughs) right (laughs) all right you got anything else I do not. We. I am looking forward to doing my uh, probably top ten of my NFL power rankings next week, and probably discussing a little bit of draft talk, and then we're about to start football. Woo! And we'll yes, be talking we some college football, right? like you just say. Yeah, we'll we'll have some games to we'll have some stuff to discuss. It's it's going to be fun. It's going to be a little different this year than it was last year because we're not going to do the two a week, so we're going to have to try and fit a bunch of stuff in. We will. But we'll make it work. We'll we'll just have to have stuff like that we don't talk about. Like we're just gonna have to cut, make some cuts, and right. it'll be fun. We'll make it work. Yeah. With, uh, this time next week, though, we'll be talking about how the Rangers went on a win streak, and they're now in the first place in the AL West. That's what we'll be talking about. So. Um, I don't know about that. Well, uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody have a good week. <laughs> Beards out. Beards out. <laughs>